Welcome to White Room Radio. I'm Melanie White, a high school English and media studies teacher living and working in Ottawa, Canada. Today's topic is the Indian Act. Before I begin discussing the implications of Bill C-31 and the health of First Nations, Métis and Inuit on reserves in Canada, I want to share a personal experience. My 21-year-old son is attending Nipissing University and is an advocate for social justice. This summer, he started working at the LCBO and came home after a training session shocked and appalled that he had to swear an oath of allegiance to the Queen and make a declaration that he was not, quote, Indian, end quote. My son is sensitive to language, and he couldn't believe that this term was still being used. My husband and I had to inform him about the Indian Act and the fact that it's still in effect. He understood, but he didn't understand. I also have to thank Bob Joseph for his blog, Indigenous Corporate Training Incorporated, which has been a remarkable resource in developing my understanding of contemporary issues in First Nations, Métis, and Inuit communities in Canada. On his blog about the impact of the Indian Act, he states, Ever since the Indian Act was assented to in 1876, the health of Indigenous peoples in Canada has been tragically impacted. They were dispossessed of their lands, traditional economies, and the traditional foods that has sustained them since time immemorial which compromised their immune systems. Their self-sufficiency was destroyed and replaced by dependency on government agencies. Their cultures and traditions were ruled illegal. The systems of reservations have compromised human health, and this issue is apparent in the statement from Health Canada. The life expectancy of the First Nations population increased from 1980 and 2010. However, it still is eight years shorter than the life expectancy of other Canadians in 2010. Furthermore, the health status of First Nations population remained consistently poorer than the rest of the Canadian population. For example, First Nations communities face higher rates of chronic infectious disease, mental health, and substance abuse issues. Poor social determinants in these communities, such as overcrowded housing, high unemployment, and unsafe drinking water, contribute to poorer health outcomes. However, it's not only reservations, but Bill C-31. This bill was an attempt to equalize the rights of Indigenous women. And unfortunately, it has continued to be a sexist part of the Indian Act. According to Indigenous Foundations at UBC, under the Indian Act, an Indian woman who married a non-Indian man would lose her status. If she married an Indian man from another Indian band, she would cease to be a member of her own band and become a member of her husband's. Legally, her status was a condition of her husband's status. Bill C-31 was an attempt in April of 1985 to bring the Indian Act into gender equality under Canadian Charter Rights and Freedoms. It proposed modifications to various sections with three major goals. To address gender discrimination, to restore Indian status to those who have been forcibly enfranchised due to provisions that were discriminatory, and allow bands to control their own membership. Yet. We have the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls Report. 
As documented in the final report, testimony from family members and survivors of violence spoke about a surrounding context marked by multi-generational and intergenerational trauma and marginalization in the form of poverty, insecure housing or homelessness, and barriers to education, employment, health care, and cultural support. Experts and knowledge keepers spoke to specific colonial and patriarchal policies that displaced women from their traditional roles in communities and governance and diminished their status in society, leaving them vulnerable to violence. Amendments of the Indian Act have not been enough. And unless we're willing to live with the ongoing injustices as a nation, we need to act on the recommendations of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. What acts of truth can you commit to? Thanks for listening, and until next time.